The transport sector accounts for the large proportion of the UK's carbon emissions, 27% in 2019, and UK infrastructure is responsible for more than half of the UK's total carbon emissions. This makes it no surprise that achieving net zero in transport infrastructure is both challenging and very important. Carbon emissions have been at the forefront of project planning for many years, but the need for a change in engineering practices is becoming more critical. It's great to reduce capital carbon output and keep costs low in new projects, but with net zero targets on the horizon, a new approach is required in order to accelerate decarbonisation. Decarbonising the transport sector not only means looking at the transition to zero carbon vehicles, active travel solutions and better public transport, but a fresh approach to designing buildings and maintaining our infrastructure. The scale of the opportunity will highlight the role engineers need to play in influencing all three types of carbon, capital, operational and user, either directly or indirectly. More integrated approaches to infrastructure design and delivery and considering infrastructure as a system can have many benefits such as a focus on outcomes and a reconsideration of whether a new structure is really the best option. These principles were tackled in the IC Systems Approach to Infrastructure Delivery or SED report with the latest version published in 2020. One of the biggest carbon emitters is cement. Emissions from cement used in the UK in a single year are equivalent to those from 7.2 million cars. The IC's Low Carbon Concrete Route Map examined how industry can use the latest tools, technologies and materials to continue using concrete, of which cement is a core ingredient, while working towards a zero carbon future. Low carbon asphalt solutions were trialled on the upgrade of the A414 in Hertfordshire and using a warm mix asphalt generated a carbon saving of 2,246 kilograms of CO2. For the transport sector, these solutions will be critical in the short to long term as we minimize or use cement more effectively. Increasingly, projects are moving away from the idea of building new and looking towards retrofitting, not only to reduce the carbon emissions from materials such as cement, but to reuse those materials that have already produced capital carbon. This will reduce a structure's whole life carbon. Engineers have a variety of techniques available to them that can further support reduction in carbon. Modern methods of construction, including automization and off-site construction, have been shown to be more efficient than more traditional building techniques in their use of materials and energy. The 880-metre Tame Valley Viaduct on HS2 was redesigned to enable major elements to be made off-site, resulting in a saving of 19,000 tonnes of embodied carbon, thanks in part to the structure being lighter. Applying the observational methodology or a thinking the design approach to temporary works can also dramatically reduce the embodied carbon by either integrating the permanent and temporary works or reducing the need for propping during construction. All of these can have a significant impact at the delivery stage of a transport project. As maintenance and repairs also contribute to the carbon footprint of a project, it's important that this is included in the whole life carbon assessment to understand the costs and carbon outputs that will occur in the future. For example, Decarbonate, an integrated network 
set up to decarbonise transport, has calculated that maintenance accounts for 4% of the carbon footprint of a new road. The sheer scale of the existing road network means that, in real terms, the total capital carbon contribution of road maintenance is a major contributor to carbon emissions. Therefore, a shift is needed in the industry with greater focus on whole life carbon. PAS 2080 can support engineers to gain a better understanding of the impact of what they build and whether the decision to build is even the correct one. It shows that you can reduce carbon at any point in the delivery process, but the opportunities are greater the earlier in the process you start. The London 2012 Olympic Park, for example, built its structures with this in mind. While they built less and incorporated pre-existing infrastructure into the park, some areas used temporary solutions to build lightweight structures that had a short lifespan. The roads in and around the park were built to incorporate existing sections of roads and added temporary games-only portions that were made leaner with a design life of just four years. This meant there was no need to account for maintenance costs or the carbon output of these assets, as these roads were not made to be maintained post-games. Decarbonising transport infrastructure, now and in the future, will require a shift in principles. The sector is brimming with ideas that can dramatically reduce its carbon output. We must now turn those ideas into solutions. To continue learning about decarbonisation in transport, you can access more content on the ICE Knowledge Hub.